Welcome to Lightness, a space where we dive deep into the realms of spiritual exploration, mental well-being, and the profound art of channeling and energy work. I am your host, Kayla Dillon, and I'm thrilled to take you on a transformative journey that intertwines personal stories, insightful discussions, and enlightening meditations. Join us as we explore the depths of the human experience, share channeled messages of wisdom, and embark on a path of self-discovery and inspiration. Get ready to ignite your inner light and embark on a voyage of healing and growth. I'm so happy that you're here. Hello and welcome back to the Lightness Podcast with myself, your host, Kayla Dillon. I'm so happy that you're here and tuning in again. I am so grateful and thankful for all of you and all of the kind words and messages that you've sent me over the last couple of weeks. Um, It's honestly just been so heart opening and amazing to hear how you all resonate with parts of my story or how the meditation has been helpful for you. And it really is just kind of a reminder and a nudge from the universe to keep going. (laughs) You know, putting together this podcast and really taking that leap of faith was quite difficult for me. (laughs) Um, Just having that fear of sharing my voice and really being open and vulnerable and putting stuff out there. It's a very deep wound in terms of the fear of judgment and things of that nature. So sharing that and being vulnerable is a new step for me, (laughs) but we're showing up and we're doing it. But I feel like all the feedback and kind words are just continual affirmation of you're doing the right thing. Keep pushing forward. You know, so thank you so much for sharing the podcast, sharing your thoughts. Uh, It's really been awesome. So if you would like to continue to share with those closest to you or with me, that would be amazing. I would love to hear it. My DMs are always open um, to chat about whatever comes up for you. But so today is going to be all about anxiety, meditation, and myths about anxiety and meditation. I work a lot with anxiety with my clients, my therapy clients, and I hear a lot of similar things that I felt maybe sharing might be helpful. I personally... Anxiety has been very present for me since I was younger, and I never really identified with it growing up because, and I bet a lot of people can relate to this, my household and family very much, like many others, did not necessarily identify mental health as a thing, right? Like anxiety, depression, um any type of like mental disorders type of thing like that was never really recognized or accepted, which is very funny that I became a therapist. (laughs) Um, 
but maybe that was the push that I needed in order to go in that direction. I'm not really sure. But it, there was never really any acknowledgement and that came from, you know, far down the lineage of my family as probably many others. There's a big stigma around mental health and identifying um, your how you feel and where you're at and if there is anything wrong. Uh, that was really kind of frowned upon. And I mean, if we think about it from, you know, years and years and years ago when mental institutions were a big thing, I mean, people were getting admitted to institutions for the smallest thing. So it makes sense as to why it's stigmatized and why people don't want to acknowledge these things. However, as we know, burying these or repressing these emotions and feelings is not really good either because then we find another avenue or outlet for these emotions and maybe those aren't the best situations right like maybe we find vices in alcohol use or drug use or things that help us cope with maybe the anxiety the depression the difficult feelings the overwhelm right and then it may lead us down a more difficult path. And, you know, some people on this soul journey need that in order to really come to terms with the things that have happened in their life and maybe learn different ways of, of going about things, right? Like maybe this is what they need to go through as weird as that kind of sounds, you know, like some people learn in different ways than others. And, um, you know, I mean, this is just how I have been able to kind of remind myself is that some people just need to do those things and learn the hard way because that's what their soul needs for growth. But anyways, I digress, right? We know that like pushing those things down, they, they're always going to be there and they're always going to come back up and they become bigger and scarier and more overwhelming the more we kind of run from them, right? So growing up, anxiety and things like that were a big part of my life. That showed up for me in terms of socially. Um, as I said in a po previous podcast, right? Like bullying was very present for me growing up. So showing up in that capacity of in school, talking in front of people, presenting, or in extracurriculars, cheer, showing up fully myself was a very kind of um, anxiety-producing experience. After the really big bullying incidents in middle school, I remember switching schools. We moved from, I think it was like Plainfield or Romeoville to Joe... Um, Juliet, what am I talking about? To Minooka, Illinois, if you know where that is. It's about like maybe a 20 minute drive, but it was this new fresh start. And I remember starting in the middle of eighth grade, which yikes, right? Like it's one thing to start it in a new school. It's a completely different animal to start uh, a new school in the middle of a school year. And nonetheless, at the end of middle school. So that was quite the the trip for me. But um, 
I remember that's when like the anxiousness really kind of took off for me in high school. And I remember just trying to dim myself and kind of be in the shadows as much as possible. Um, Just avoiding a lot of any type of interaction, right? That I mean, I avoided sports teams for a really long time. My incident happened in a cheer event. Um, well, I might as well share just so you can understand. In seventh grade, I think it was sixth or seventh grade, I tried out for cheer and I made the cheer team. And I was on like the higher level. There was like two different, it was like a junior and a varsity. And I made the varsity level. And um, after the tryout, we found out that we made it. And then we had our group practice like maybe the next day, I think. And it started with a group meeting where the coach of all people told everybody that in my tryout, so you could do in the tryout, you could do like your extent of gymnastics. Like if you could do flips like back handsprings or round offs or whatever it was. And so I did a flip. And as you know, if you have done sheer or any type of gymnastics of any sort, that your shorts or pants tend to like go up your, you know, they just tend to ride up. (laughs) And so I tried to discreetly just like pull down the bottom of my shorts as I was like, like not like actually picking a wedgie, but just like pulling down my shorts. But anyways, I digress. The coach basically said to everybody that I picked a wedgie in my tryout. And that was kind of the start of this nasty bullying that took place. And yeah, I was uh, needless to say mortified for sure. That's like the least of it. But um, I just remember like the laughing and like, I, I just, I couldn't live it down. And then it was a thing where I was a younger girl, like it was eighth graders. And then there was two of us. So my friend and I were the only ones from like a lower grade that made it on the team. And the one, my friend, her older sister was on the team. So of course, like she's kind of immune from any type of bullying because her older sister is there. So it was kind of just like this experience of all the bullying on me um, because I was the easiest target, so to speak. And so that kind of looked like just like demeaning. Um, I got like my skirt pulled down during a game, like deep pants during a game twice. And then the really big incident was after basketball season stopped, I basically got to, um, the the two girls invited me. They're like, oh, you want to show you something in the girls' locker room? And they led me to the girls' locker room, one behind me and one in front, and I didn't even think anything of it. I was like, oh, they are like, accepting me. They're including me, you know. And then turns out that, like the basketball team was still playing. Uh, like they were just doing practice stuff and they deep hands to me in front of the full, the, the whole basketball team. Yeah. 
<laughs> and then when I went to, I decided, and, and the thing about it is, is that this was leading into competition season and I loved cheer so much. I didn't really care for like football or basketball season. What I lived for was competition time. Like this was my bread and butter. I loved competition. I loved performing. It was my favorite thing. And I was like kind of came to a point where I had to pull out of that experience. I couldn't do it anymore. I was at my limit of things that I could handle. I mean, like, I probably went home crying every day after practice. And I never really told my parents about it all until the end. I think because we want to shield our parents at some some degree from them knowing what's kind of going on with us, but also like the embarrassment of like, this is happening to me and what are they going to think of me um, was really present too. So you can imagine <laughs> it was tough. Um, I mean, I even went to leave the team and I told the coach and she basically told me that they're just playing around. It wasn't that serious. So like it was a continuation of invalidation of my experience as well as like a downplaying of what had happened, which is terrible and shouldn't happen to anybody. But this really impacted me moving forward, as you could tell, right? Like if we think about the reinforcing messages that we kind of talked about last time of we have these experiences in our life and they're reinforced by the things that we experience over and over and over again. And this messaging was that I can't trust other people. I'm not safe to be me. I'm not safe to be around people. Um, I'm not safe to be seen, right? And so this permeated my life for a very, very long time. And I tried to hide in the shadows. Um, moving into high school, group associations were very difficult. Uh, I didn't really want to do any type of sports or like games or anything like that because of this experience. And that lasted for me until now. Like, even now I have a really difficult time showing up in groups of people because I don't feel safe. And I mean, it makes sense, you know? So this anxiety has always been there around social situations, meeting new people, being a part of groups, you know? And that just looks like, like psychosomatic stuff, like, you know, I feel like I'm going to have a panic attack. My heart is racing. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in danger. But I'm not. But my body is signaling that. You know, so anxiety in social situations. And then after 2020, you know, we all are struggling with the social aspect. Well, some of us more than others, right? It's just not, it's never been the same, you know? So anxiety in social situations for me has been a big one. Um, anxiety with stress and overwork and things like that, right? So, but the thing about anxiety that I want to 
get really, really clear to help you understand. And the things that I tell my my clients is that like, so if we look at my story, right, like I go to social situations or I have a party coming up, say, right. And then I start feeling anxiety like the day before or even the week before just thinking about it. And the day of, it's so bad, right? Like these are symptoms. Anxiety is just a symptom of the root issue. Anxiety, and this is this is maybe a conversation for another day, but like having an anxiety disorder, like as a therapist, I don't really like diagnosing in general. Like I feel like that is totally effed the whole process of anxiety. And this is just my opinion, right? But I feel like too, anxiety to me is not a disorder, right? It's a symptom of a root issue. It's a symptom of something that's happened to you that is presenting and manifesting as anxiety, right? So like my root issue is the trauma I experienced in middle school. That issue is giving me anxiety now because I haven't fully healed from it in social situations, so to speak, right? So if we can look at it this way, right, is anxiety as a symptom of the root issue, it helps you externalize it more. It's, you know, like, so here's another way of thinking about anxiety that's been really helpful for me if we're thinking about it as like a symptom of an issue, right? Like your anxious feeling is just a light on your dashboard of your car, right? So like think about the dashboard of your car and the lights on it. When the check engine light comes on, it's just signaling to check engine, right? Like it's the same thing with anxiety. When you're feeling the anxious symptoms, it's just a signal to check your engine, to check what's going on, to turn inward and reflect on what's coming up for you. I think this is a nice way to think about it because then it brings more curiosity versus judgment, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling these anxious feelings again. I can't believe this. I, I'm just, this is terrible. Like, I just don't know why I can't get over this. I don't know what, what is wrong with me, right? There's so much judgment in the things that we feel when really we should just be curious about it. Why do I feel this way? Why, why are my hands sweating right now? What's coming up for me? What is this reminding me of? Right? I think when we can approach what we're feeling with curiosity versus judgment, there's more openness. There's more understanding. There's more compassion for what's going on for you, helps you maybe reflect a little bit easier, right? Because think about, think about this, think about your friend, you're feeling anxious, right? And your friend is like, oh my God, you're always like this. What is wrong with you? Okay, what did you notice in your body? Okay, now notice your friend says, oh, you're anxious. What's wrong? What's going on? Why do you think this is? Where do you think it's coming from? Hmm, let's figure it out together. What did you notice about your body just then? When the first time, most likely you felt constriction, 
you felt, ugh, this is uncomfortable. This is not okay. I'm maybe not safe, right? Versus the opposite, like, huh, I don't know. Let me think about that. More open, expansive. You're figuring it out. You have the support, right? So can we approach ourselves with more loving compassion and curiosity versus judgment? One, right? And two, can we look at these emotions as just emotion, right? They're energy in motion. They're not going to take over us. They don't rule us. They're just there for a moment, right? And if we're living in it, then that's just becoming like that we're holding on to it, right? So can we, can we notice the emotion and then can we move through it? Can we help to understand it versus getting caught in it, right? And I think when it comes to this, I think we get caught in it because when we start to judge, right? When we start to judge it, then we're like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm going to run from it. I can't deal with it. It's too big, right? But when we look at it with curiosity and love, I feel like it's a different outcome, right? Like, let me figure this out. I'm not alone in this. There's nothing wrong with me. It's just an experience that I'm having in my reality right now. How can I be more present with myself and notice, like, what do I need? I think a lot of us aren't giving us what we need. And I think a lot of that comes from growing up too, right? That's maybe another story for another day too. But I think we we don't check in with us. We're constantly go, go, go. And I feel like escapism is definitely a big, a big issue, right? Like I'm just going to run from this. We're never really taught how to identify what we're feeling, reflect on it and understand it. Like we're either taught or shown that we bury it. We don't deal with it. It's not important it's too big, you know, whatever the story is for you. But how can we approach ourselves with more love and compassion and curiosity for our experience? And no experience is wrong, right? Like you may feel things deeper than maybe another person does, and that's okay. And you might not feel things as deeply as another person, and that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. It's just how you process and deal, right? Like we're all different, and that's beautiful and awesome and should be, you know, valued as well. There's no right or wrong way. But another thing that I wanted to bring to the table is meditation. Meditation as a way of getting really clear, clearing the fog, so to speak, right? Bringing more lightness to being, if we're bringing it back to the podcast name, (laughs) bringing more lightness, more clarity. I think we're, we live in a society where we're told to, you know, listen to authority. And I mean, this has been the, the programming, right? The messaging, in my opinion, right? But you can take what, whatever uh, you resonate with and leave what doesn't, that's fine, you know? But I think um, discernment for self is something that we lack as a society. Uh, And I think too, like part of it, 
is a learned thing. Um, trusting, we've been taught to trust authority, trust, you know, uh, experts, trust the things that are going on. But recently we're seeing that that's not very congruent with what's happening, right? Like there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of misleading, there's a lot of all this different stuff. So it's coming to, to a time when can we trust other people, right? Like, yes, I, I definitely think that we can, but I think using discernment for what is right for you is so important, right? Like there may be things that come out that you don't resonate with and it doesn't feel good in your body. And that is perfectly great that you are making that choice for you. That's your own discernment of what's right for you. I think we kind of, mm, how do I want to say this? Like are, I don't know, just like blindly following things and then it doesn't work out. And we're kind of like, well, what the heck? You know, like this person's supposed to be an expert. Like what's going on? You know, but I think, and this comes down to how it feels, right? Like your body knows the truth. And this is something that I like to teach a lot is that use the discernment of your own body and, and beginning to trust yourself is going to be the first step. And for me, and this might not work for you, but for me, meditation really helps that. With the anxiety that I felt for such a long time, I kind of discovered meditation in a way of clearing out or sitting with that anxiety, getting really uh, like reflective about what was coming up for me. And once I feel like you acknowledge those fears and you acknowledge that, there's a sense of understanding, clarity, truth that comes from that, right? And so we got to get really good at discerning of what is right and wrong for us specifically individually. Like, for example, meditation and breath work meditation really works for me. I love that. It helps me feel grounded. It helps me, you know, gain clarity and clearness. Whereas like you may really benefit from journaling or tapping or going for a walk or watching reality TV or, you know, like it's different for everybody and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think learning to trust what's coming up for you and what resonates. So right now, if you're listening to this and you're noticing, I want you to just notice your body, right? With maybe the information in the podcast. And I want you to notice if you feel any tension or tightness, right? And this could be many things. So this is going to have to be like a reflection activity for sure. Or if you feel an openness and generally you feel this sometimes in your the heart chakra area, or it could just be a, a body feeling, right? So if you're feeling maybe mm, crunchy, constriction, tightness, then maybe this isn't resonating for you, right? Like maybe this isn't the information for you and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's bringing up something for you that's triggering you from the past and that's okay. 
maybe just get curious about what that is. And if you're feeling like open, expansive, what that maybe feels like is like, for me, it's like a lightness. Um, For you, it may be different, right? But it feels like my body wants to open up. That's another way that you can kind of track and gauge too. Does your shoulders come forward? Do you kind of crunch in, right? Or do your shoulders go back? Do you kind of open up forward towards the information? And that may or may not work for you, but just gauge, right, where you're at. But bringing it back to meditation, there's a lot of myths around meditation that I've seen come up with clients that I kind of want to just talk about really quick. And and hopefully they're helpful for you. Um, so with a lot of my therapy clients, I notice that there's this Whenever I bring up mindfulness or meditation, I've had a lot of people say to me, I don't do well just sitting there. My mind is just all over the place and I get distracted really easily, which is totally normal, by the way. (laughs) That like when you're first starting out, that is totally normal. And even if you're a seasoned meditation or even a practitioner, that's very normal depending on what's going on in your life and all of those things, right? But the thing about it is, is that I want to clarify that meditation doesn't have to be sitting quietly in your room, cross-legged on your couch with your hands facing up or down. It doesn't have to be like that. There's so many different, and this is the beautiful thing about it. There's so many different methods and modes of meditation. There's and I'll give you some resources too in the show notes if you want to check them out, right? There's the silent meditation, right? There is that where you just get, try to get really present and you sit there and you just bring yourself back to the present every time your mind drifts. There's guided meditation. There's a really good resource for guided meditation and it's called Insight Timer and it's free. It is amazing. You can look it up for anything that you're experiencing. Um, And they have totally like so many different meditations on there. They have breathwork meditations. They have guided meditations, visual meditations, yoga nidra for sleep meditations. Um, Just just so many. It's an awesome resource if you're looking to try new things. Uh, And then I think if you like upgrade on the app, you can get like courses, um, like courses for anxiety, courses for sleep, courses for whatever it is that you're looking for. It's a really great resource. But so there's like, there's guided meditation where you can either sit or lie down and listen, kind of like that visual. Um, There's walking meditation where you can just walk and notice the nature, notice your body, right? There's breath work, there's tapping, EFT tapping, there's, you know, automatic writing. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And so it might be a fun experiment to try different things and find what works for you, right? But meditation doesn't have to be this one type of thing. Right. And what works for you may not work for somebody else. And what works for somebody else may not work for you. And that's okay. Right. 
But the whole purpose of meditation is being present in your body, being present, bringing yourself back to the present. And when you notice your awareness is drifting, that is meditation, right? Like you are noticing the thoughts. So so say you're sitting there, right? You're present with your body and then you notice this thought about this homework assignment you have coming up or this work event that you have coming up and you start thinking about that and then you're like, oh crap, I'm thinking about this thing and I should be meditating. That's meditation, right? Like you're noticing the thought, you're noticing the drift and then you bring yourself back, right? Gentle, loving, compassion. Oh, there it goes again. Let me bring myself back, right? That's the purpose is to bring ourselves back into the present. Here's a couple things with meditation for me that went wrong that I learned over time. When I first started meditating in terms of like using breath work, breath work's been very, very impactful for me. I use it with my clients. There's something about the somatic experience of clearing out the energy because when things happen to us like emotions are energy and they can get locked and stored in our body if we don't kind of like transmute or you work through them right so breath work for me has really been helpful in getting the somatic things or, or working with the somatic and the breath to kind of get these things that are locked far deep away to come up and out and for me to feel them, express them, transmute them, whatever. Um, But during this, I went to this conference in, when was that? I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. And it was all about, it was pays to be brave. It was in California that I went. And it was the first time I ever experienced breath work. And meditation was really wonky for me. I was like really in and out. I couldn't really, I was like, I can't do this. My mind drifts. It's not working for me, right? And so this breath work, I had this rush of memories and emotion. And it was really a crazy experience. Like, I saw past memories of patterns that were really hurtful for me and why I couldn't move forward. And I felt like I was back there and reliving it all over again. And it all kind of came full circle and made sense for me. And it was so like I got so much information. And then it almost became like this... I don't want to say addiction because addiction is a really strong word, but it became this crutch almost of like, I do breath work or I sit in meditation and I expect something to come through, right? For a long time, I practiced channeling and that's a part of meditation. Like in order to channel, you sit and I have to do all of these things, but you're essentially meditating and you know asking questions in order for answers to come through and for me with meditation like that i used to get a lot of insight like a lot of downloads a lot of insight and then meditation became this like looking outside of myself for external information to help me in the present 
versus what really it's meant for is like grounding, being present with yourself, being present in your body, right? Like bringing yourself back to the here and now and letting everything else kind of go. So it became this crutch of like every time I meditate, every time I do breath work, I get information. And so I'm going to sit. I think recently, like last year, I was going through this really hard time and I sat in meditation like two to three times a day, maybe more, right? And it became almost this like search externally, so to speak, like with channeling, this search outside of myself to help me feel better or give me information or I don't whatever it is, you know? And And I remember I went to this like meditation group and I had said, oh yeah, I meditate like, you know, two to three times a day. And the lady told me, she's like, you're doing it too much. Like you are meditating too much. And I was like, you can meditate too much. And she was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Mm, I have never heard that before. Like it really didn't resonate. But as time has passed and I've really processed it, I I did realize that I was using it as, a way of searching for external information, I guess. (laughs) So I kind of got off, off topic, right? Like a meditation for sure can be used as an escapism. And that I felt like too was definitely a part of it for me. So I think just keeping that in mind too, and, and bringing that curiosity of mind back, like, what am I using this for? What's coming up for me? Because I think like anything can be used as like a crutch or, or anything like that. Right. But if we're using meditation as a way to connect to ourselves and discern the, how we feel, right. I think that's really important and can be really helpful for example, like when I'm feeling anxiety, I am not thinking right. Like I cannot mm, make a rational and thought out decision when I'm anxious. And mm, what meditation does for me is helps me ground and kind of transmute that anxious energy in a way that helps me to understand myself, where it's coming from, one, but two, helps me ground and get clear so that I can make a decision, so that I can figure out kind of what's going on for me. And then I can make a decision from a well-connected place where I can discern what's right for me, right? I think another thing that's important to note is that when you're feeling rushed, so say you feel anxious or you're feeling like you have to make a decision in a rush, that is your ego, right? You don't have to make a decision in a rush. You can take your time. Everything's going to be here for you when you come back, right? Like if you feel rushed, maybe just notice your body, take a deep breath, focus on what's coming up for you. And maybe try one of those meditation techniques to try to see if you can come through that anxiety feeling and then come to a place of like clear mind. I also think too, 
when you first start meditating, this is something that I've also seen, is that, so for people who resonate with escapism, like your anxiety is really bad, so you're going to be really, really busy and clean the house all the time, do all the laundry, like just keep yourself busy, right? So you don't have to think about it. If you're trying meditation for the first time, whatever type of meditation you are trying, you will most likely feel overwhelmed. I will say maybe. (laughs) It's common that, so we can look at it as like using a coping skill, so to speak, right? Like coping skills aren't there to help you eliminate your problem. They're there to help you kind of reduce the distress you feel in order to come to that light clarity space that I was talking about, that groundedness, right? It's help. It's there to help you come down, reduce this distress so you can make a clear and conscious decision and work through that issue without being... Mm, What's the word I want to use? Without making an irrational decision or a decision based on emotion of anxiety or whatever the distress is, right? So it's the same thing with meditation, right? Like we can use it as a tool to reduce the distress or anxiety that we feel in order to get to a place of clarity to discern and make the decision for ourselves about maybe how we move forward or how do we heal from this or whatever it is, right? So when you're not used to being in a space where you are face-to-face with maybe something that you fear, it is going to feel overwhelming. (laughs) If you are not used to bringing more awareness to your present self, you are probably may be going to experience a rush of memories, a rush of feeling. Like everything that you've been running from is going to come back up to the surface and show itself to you. And that is normal. Um, So what I would say for this is baby steps. Take it very, very slow if that is an overwhelming experience for you. The more that you practice it, it's like a muscle, right? The more you use it, the more you practice it, the easier and easier it will become. So if you are feeling the overwhelming feelings, try grounding, right? Like maybe going for a walk and focusing on releasing those, that overwhelm and that anxiety through your feet into the ground or whatever works for you, right? But I don't want you to get discouraged if you do try meditation and then you're noticing all of this past stuff coming back up and all of these emotions and feelings. That's that's absolutely right. That is okay. Um, that is what's supposed to happen. <laughs> and that's all right. Just when you're noticing yourself drifting to maybe this emotion comes up, maybe allowing yourself to release the emotion, allow it to move through you, Right. And of course, if this is overwhelming, if you don't feel safe, please don't do that. Um, Please try grounding, exercise, walking, things like that. But the more that we allow ourselves to be present in what we're feeling and moving through it, the easier and the less daunting it becomes, if that makes sense. So 
it's also very possible that you try meditation and you feel really disconnected, right? The whole time. And that's okay. Maybe just try a different meditation or type of meditation and really just try to experiment and find what works for you. There's no right or wrong way to do this. It could just be this fun experiment that we try to find what works for us and what makes us feel better and good and all of those things. (laughs) So I will put some resources in the show notes. Um, Insight Timer was the guided meditation. And then there's a really another great resource. I believe it's $10 a month. She has, I think, over 100 breathwork um, videos, like short videos that you can do uh, that can help to bring you back into your body, um, notice what you're feeling and things like that. There's stuff for anxiety, clarity, um, like painful periods, headaches, like any type of psychosomatic things. Um, what else? There's sleep, there's worry, there's connection. I mean, anything that you could really want is on there. I believe it's $10 a month. And then she has a VIP membership where she does like two live breathwork workshops. And then you get all the videos as well. There's also another company called um, Somatic Breathwork. They used to be called something else. And now my mind is not bringing it forward. But Somatic Breathwork Online, and this is if you want to try breathwork, um, they offer like a membership type of deal, but it is two meetings a month through Zoom. And they have the replays and recordings that you can watch as well on there. And that is a really good resource for community. They also offer like the community call the day after the breathwork session for for, um, any type of processing and stuff like that. If you're looking to do more um, like on a tapping route, so EFT tapping, this, a good resource for that would be the tapping solutions. They have an app that's really nice. Um, And those are like short five to 10 minute tapping videos. Um, They also have an Instagram, I believe, with all of that information on there as well, which I can upload there. But those are some resources that I've found that have been really helpful. I'll put those in the show notes in case you guys want to check them out. But like everything, be curious, be kind to yourself, (laughs) and really just try to understand what's coming up for you and try not to do it with judgment right? Like it's okay that you feel these things. It's normal. It's a part of our human experience, which is beautiful and can be scary, right? Like when it feels overwhelming, but as always, if you need help processing these things, finding a good therapist in your area to help you kind of work through those is really a benefit as well on top of these coping skills and meditation and things like that. But I hope this is helpful And if you use any of the resources and you find them helpful, let me know. I would love to hear your story, your takeaways, all the things. Um, But yeah, I hope you guys have a beautiful day. I love you and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye for now. 
for these podcasts, I will be pulling a card at the end of each episode as something to think about for the week ahead. The card for this week was Your Heart is a Healer. And this is from the Angelic Lightwork Healing Oracle, Healing, Magic, and Manifestation with the Archangels. Your Heart as a Healer, the card says... You are now offered healing for the heart in all matters of love and forgiveness. Your heart is a divine genius, a true healer. It knows how to experience all emotions from the heights of bliss and pure divine love to the depths of sadness, loss, and the pain of betrayal. It can arise renewed again and again. This oracle asks you to give your heart some extra love. It is working hard for you to heal, renew, and open to the next chapter. There is something special in the wings of your life, and your heart is guiding you toward it. Continue to let go of meanness, cruelty, and pain from the past. Let it be. Give your mind permission to tune into the loving wisdom of your heart that always knows the way to heal and move closer to the divine fulfillment of your destiny. As our journey together comes to a close, remember that the wisdom and insights shared here are just the beginning of your own remarkable adventure. I hope that the discussions, meditations, and channeled messages have ignited a spark within you to continue exploring your spiritual path and nurturing your mental well-being. Keep in mind that you hold the power to create positive change in your life and the lives of those around you. Thank you for joining me on Lightness, and until we meet again, May your journey be filled with love, light, and boundless growth. I love you. See you next time.